Hi there, this is James Eek, and you are listening to Warrior's Way Podcast, Season 3, Episode 116. We're going to kick off things in a minute with a Tibetan Lama's view of the worst kind of evil there is. But first, if you are looking at getting more from your training, if you are a long-time listener to the Warrior's Way Podcast, or if you're a brand new person just checking things out and you want to get more from your life and your training, and if you want to be able to take all of the cool stuff we talk about here and amplify it even more, I've got something for you. If you haven't checked it out or if you haven't heard of it yet, the Warrior's Way online training program is the culmination. I love that word. It's the culmination of about 40 years of training that I've been at since I was a kid, and I am 52 now. And this has been something that I've been thinking about for years, to be honest with you. I've been thinking about how I can reach more people and offer a broader and more in-depth approach to how I train and what training means to me. And what I came up with was the Warriors Way Online Training Program. It is exactly what I was dreaming of all these years. You can get virtual one-on-one time with me in a variety of disciplines. You can get awesome and unique online martial arts fusion classes. You can train along with me in meditation, breath work, fitness. Man, I wish I had something like this. (laughs) So if you want to get in better shape, If you want to do some wicked killer workouts, if you want to learn some martial arts the way that, you know, I talk about it every week and the way that I train it and the way that I teach it to my students, the Warriors Way Online Training Program has something for everyone. And it's really, it's the things that I do and the way that I train. And I think that can can help anybody. If we look at what works for people that have been at things for a long time. And let's face it, as much as I sometimes don't want to admit it, 40 years of doing something, it's a long time. Man, it's longer in retrospect, believe me. (laughs) So anyways, if you want to get into shape, if you want to hone your martial arts skills, if you want to improve your mobility, learn how to meditate, start a breathwork practice, all that and more, check out the Warriors Way online training program. You can head over to www.warriorsway.ca right now and click the link and you can check out the whole nine yards. So what I would suggest though is that you head to warriorsway.ca and drop me a line if you're interested and we can talk about what is best for you and how you can get started. Because there's a few different tiers of membership, and uh, each offers something different. So, check it out. Oh, and before we get going, I nearly forgot. Do not forget to get your vaccine, folks. There are not enough people that have gotten their COVID vaccine. And let's be honest, if you're listening to this when it came out, I was going to say live. You can't listen to it live. <laughs> if you listen to this when it comes out, we're, you know, in a lull right now because of the summer weather. But I'm pretty sure most of us that, you know, 
think fairly decently. Understand that not enough people getting a vaccine and fall and winter coming just means this thing has the potential to come back. So get your COVID vaccine. I've had mine. You get yours. Let's get on with our lives. And with that, let's get on with the podcast. Attachment and anger are two sides of the same coin. Because of ignorance and the mind split into object-subject duality, we grasp at or push away what we perceive as external to us. When we encounter something we want and can't get or someone prevents us from achieving what we've told ourselves we must achieve or something happens that doesn't accord with the way we want things to be, we experience anger, aversion, or even hatred. But these responses serve no benefit. They only cause harm. From anger, along with attachment and ignorance, the three poisons of the mind, we generate endless karma and endless suffering. It's said that there is no evil like anger. By its very nature, anger is destructive. It's an enemy. Since not a shred of happiness ever comes from it, anger is one of the most potent negative forces. Anger and aversion can lead to aggression. When harmed, many people feel they should retaliate by taking an eye for an eye. It's a natural response. If someone speaks harshly to me, then I'll speak harshly in return. If someone hits me, I'll hit them back. That's what he deserves. Or more to the extreme, this person is my enemy. If I kill him, I'll be happy. We don't realize that if we have a tendency toward aversion and aggression, enemies start appearing everywhere. We find less and less to like about others and more and more to hate. People begin to avoid us and we become more isolated and lonely. Sometimes in rage, we spit out rough abusive language. The Tibetans have a saying that words may not carry weapons but they wound the heart. Our words can be extremely harmful, both through the damage they do to others and the anger they evoke. Very often a cycle develops. One person feels aversion towards another and says something hurtful. The other person reacts by saying something out of line. The two start fueling each other until they're waging a battle of angry words. This can be extended, of course, to the national and international levels, where people get caught up in aggression towards other groups and nations are pitted against nations. When you give in to aversion and anger, it's as though having decided to kill someone by throwing him into a river, you wrap your arms around his neck and jump into the river with him, and you both drown. In destroying your enemy, you destroy yourself as well. It's far better to diffuse anger before it can lead to further conflict by responding to it with patience. Understanding our own responsibility for what happens to us helps us to do so. Now we treat our connection with a perceived enemy as if it came out of nowhere. But in some previous existence, perhaps we spoke harshly to that person, physically abused him or harbored angry thoughts about him. Instead of finding fault with others, directing anger and aversion at situations and people we think are threatening us, we should address the true enemy. 
that enemy which destroys our short-term happiness and prevents us in the long term from attaining enlightenment. And that is our own anger and our own aversion. Our habitual tendency is to contemplate in counterproductive ways. If someone insults us, we usually dwell on it, asking ourselves, why did he say that to me? And on and on and on. It's as if someone shoots an arrow at us, but it falls short. Focusing on the problem is like picking up the arrow and repeatedly stabbing ourselves with it, saying, he hurt me so much, I can't believe that he did it. Instead, we can use the method of contemplation to think things through differently, to change our habit of reacting with anger. Since it's difficult at first to think clearly in the midst of an altercation, we begin by practicing at home, alone, imagining confrontations, and new ways of responding. Imagine, for example, that someone insults you. He's disgusted with you and slaps you or offends you in some way, and you think, what should I do? Should I defend myself? Maybe I'll retaliate. I'll throw him out of my house. Now try another approach. Say to yourself, this person makes me angry, but what is anger? It is one of the poisons of the mind that generates negative karma, leading to intense suffering. Meeting anger with anger is like following a lunatic who jumps off a cliff. Do I have to do likewise? If it's crazy for him or her to act the way that they do, it's even crazier for me to act the same way. Remember that those who are acting aggressively towards you are only buying their own suffering, creating their own worst predicament through ignorance. They think that they're doing what's best for themselves, that they're correcting something that's wrong or preventing something worse from happening. But the truth is that their behavior will be of no benefit to anyone. They are in many ways like a person with a headache beating his head with a hammer to try to stop the pain. In their unhappiness, they blame others, who in turn become angry and fight, only making matters worse. When we consider their predicament, we realize they should be the object of our compassion rather than our blame and anger then we aspire to do what we can to protect them from further suffering, as we would a child who keeps misbehaving, running away and again into the road, hitting and scratching us as we attempt to bring them back. Instead of giving up on those who cause harm, we need to realize they are seeking happiness but just don't know how to find it. The role of the enemy isn't a permanent one. The person, person hurting you now might be a best friend later. Your enemy now could even, in a former lifetime, have been the one who gave birth to you, the mother who fed you and took care of you. By contemplating again and again in this way, we learn to respond to aggression with compassion and answer anger with kindness. Another approach we can use is to develop awareness of the illusion of our anger and the object of our anger. If, for example, someone says to you, you're a bad person, ask yourself, does that make me me bad? If I were a bad person and someone said I was good, would that make me good? If someone says coal is gold, does it become gold? If someone says gold is coal, does it become coal? 
Things don't change just because someone says this or that. So why take such talk so seriously? Sit in front of a mirror and look at your reflection and insult it. Say, you're ugly, you're bad. Then praise it. You're beautiful, you're good. Regardless of what you say, the image is going to remain simply what it is. Praise and blame are not real. And in and of themselves, they're delusion. Like an echo, a shadow, they're just a mere reflection. They hold no power to help or to harm us. As we practice in this way, we begin to realize that things lack solidity, like a dream or an illusion. We develop a more spacious state of mind, one that isn't so reactive. Then when anger arises, instead of responding immediately, we can look back on it and ask, what is this? What is making me turn red and shake? Where is it? What we discover is that there is no substance to anger. There's nothing to find. Once we realize we can't find anger, we can let the mind be. We don't suppress the anger, push it away, or engage it. We simply let the mind rest in the midst of it. We can stay with the energy itself, simply naturally remaining aware of it, without any attachment and without aversion. Then we find that anger, like desire, isn't really what we thought it was. We begin to see its nature, to realize its essence, which is mere-like wisdom. Only through continual methodical, (laughs) methodical application of these methods, day by day, month by month, year by year, will we dissolve our deeply ingrained habits. The process may take some time, but we will change. Look, look, Look how quickly we change in negative ways. We're quite happy and then someone says or does something and we get irritated. Changing in a positive way requires discipline, exertion, and patience. The word for meditation in Tibetan is a cognitive of the verb to become familiar with or to acclimatize. Using a variety of methods, we become familiar with other ways of being. There's an expression, even an elephant can be tamed in various ways. When goads or hooks are used skillfully, this enormous powerful beast can be led along very gently. It's said that when elephants are decorated for festive occasions, they become docile, moving as though they were walking on eggshells. Or if they're in a large crowd of people, elephants are very easily controlled. So something that is big and unwieldy can actually be managed well with proper means. In the same way, the mind, often unwieldy and wild, can be tamed with skillful methods. We don't need a psychic to tell us what our future experience will be. We need only look at our own minds. If we have a good heart and helpful intention towards others, we will continually find happiness. If instead the mind is filled with ordinary self-centered thoughts, with anger and harmful intention towards others, we will find only difficult experiences. If we check the mind again and again, continuously applying antidotes to the poisons that arise, we will slowly see change. Only we ourselves can really know what is taking place in the mind. It's easy to lie to others. We can pretend that a thick leather bag is full. But as soon as someone sits on it, he'll know whether it's truly full. Similarly, we can sit for hours in meditation, 
But if poisonous thoughts circulate in the mind all the while, we're only pretending to do spiritual practice. Instead, we can be honest with ourselves, taking responsibility for what we see in our own minds instead of judging others, and apply the appropriate remedy for change. So that was an excerpt from the book Gates to Buddhist Practice by Chagdud Tolku. I think of anger as a dark, black, and massive octopus-like thing that has the ability to reach out with, it, with its sinewy limbs and its tentacles and make their way into parts of you that you don't expect, slowly drawing you in, usually unaware, until all that is left is darkness. Maybe you haven't experienced it. Maybe you haven't been aware of it. I expect, however, that you, like all of us, have more anger hiding in the dimly lit places inside of you than you realize. You may think right now that this doesn't apply to you, but unless you're some kind of next-level being, that kind of delusional thinking is only going to cause you problems. Looking back over my life, I can now see, thanks to a lot of training on this aspect of the human condition, that I've had whole periods of my life that were controlled to varying degrees by anger. Of course, at the time, I didn't realize it. And I wasn't walking around fuming mad. And I'm sure that on the outside, people would have thought I was a pretty happy-go-lucky guy. But it's only when we start to really look for this sneaky thing lurking that's wanting to grab a hold of us, wanting to dominate us from the inside, that we can see the power that it had and the power that it has. And here's the thing. Anger is always going to be an aspect of human life, and it will be an aspect of your life. This is part of the reason why it is so important that we recognize it and root it out when we find it. Anger has a way of festering and growing and forming a whole different reality and narrative. It makes you see things in a different way that you would normally not think if anger wasn't ruling the roost. When it comes to training, one of the most important things any of us can do is come face to face with this. Learn to see the root of it. Recognize the power it has over you and understand how it feels, where it came from, and how you deal with it. I've trained in martial arts that try to get people to tap into their anger and to channel it into aggression so that they can release more power. And I'll tell you, this is the wrong way to do things. We don't want to learn to use anger and be powered by it. What we need to do is actually the opposite. This doesn't mean that we should hit the pad, that we shouldn't hit the pads. This doesn't mean that there aren't going to be times when we need to let go and just give it. 
what we have to do is avoid fueling all of that with anger. Walking this path just lets that dark octopus grab a hold of more of us and eventually steer us around without realizing it. So what do we do when we believe someone has wronged us? What do we do when someone hurts us? What do we do when something really makes us angry? I'll tell you what I've learned to do. I shine a light on it. As soon as I'm able to recognize it, I force myself to breathe and I recognize the anger for what it is. I find its root and then I acknowledge it and I just let it go. Now, does this mean I never get angry? No, of course not. This upsets me, people upset me, things get on my nerves, the news bothers me. (laughs) What I do, though, is I take these moments as opportunities to train myself to let the anger go and not let it fester within. I take it as a chance to really see things as impermanent and potentially bound to suffering. And let's face it, anger leads to suffering. Anger is suffering. A Zen master I train with told me recently that to train against killing and to train against anger also means to train not to gossip, not to criticize, and not to spread fake news and conspiracy theories. And he pointed out that all the negative and mean things we say, even if we think we are doing right by saying them or posting them, actually do us more harm than we realize and have the potential to harm others without us even knowing it. And he noted that we all have a choice to spread goodness that is really good or what we think is goodness that is actually bad. Unfortunately, most people aren't able to see these realities, especially in a time of social media where everyone publicly airs their dirty laundry and thinks that their opinions, whether right or wrong, are somehow important to tell everybody about. Think about how many people who have ended up in hospital with COVID due to all of the misinformation that has been spread around. People have actually died in hospital fighting to the end with their doctor and nurses that they couldn't possibly have COVID because they read on social media that it doesn't exist. Think about that. You think what you spread in anger and delusion doesn't matter, but it can be just as dangerous as physical violence. My view on this is not to criticize or to try not to. Not to spread foolishness or try not to. And not to judge or try not to. Of course, I'm human. (laughs) I get to be in my bonnet, as they say, just like anyone else. But there is no reason to get into it with others. Especially not in a way that can cause harm. Most of our anger is actually based on fear. And then seasoned with ego. We want to believe that we are right and special and important, and when something happens that makes us angry, 
that thing is usually our own deluded view of that thing somehow threatening our self-view. How dare that person do that to me? How dare that person be like that to me? How dare that person be like that? (laughs) How dare that thing think it can do that to me? And me, 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 me. To learn to train against letting our anger take over is to learn to let go of our clinging to this illusion of who we think we are. Learning to see us all as just flawed humans, trying to do our best and failing. Learning to see all life as a chance to train in compassion, kindness, and understanding. Now, you might think this is all wishy-washy rainbows and butterflies, but it is actually what living an engaged and enlightened life is all about. Learning to breathe and let go should be the core aspect of our training. It should be what we do when we train physically. It should be what we do while we are at work. It should be what we do when we are at school. Without it, we are simply not finding out who we truly are and who we truly can be. Now, it isn't going to be easy. But I can tell you that training this way will actually change your life. It has changed my life. Letting go of anger, not being controlled by it, and lashing out, holding it in, being small. It is the difference between living in the darkness and living in the light. I don't know about you, but I'd rather train it and try every day to live in the light. So there you go. Let's go on to the question of the week. So the question of the week comes from Cyrus, who wants to know, I've been training in the martial arts for a few years and thought I would be better with dealing with frustration and stress because of it. But in the past year, likely some of it to do with COVID, I've been feeling increasingly frustrated and stressed out by people and just life in general. Do you have any advice? Well, first of all, Cyrus, you are not alone. But I do have some advice. Just like in the comments on anger, we have to learn how to truly examine our lives. This means we need to be honest and we need to learn to not just be still and sit and breathe, but we need to learn to apply that in a very real and honest way. And I can tell you that you are not alone with feeling frustrated and stressed. I am too. Most people are, especially right now. This pandemic has turned our lives upside down and made us, or at least many of us, Wonder what is going on, when will lives get back to normal, what that'll look like, and how on earth that's going to happen. For me, what I've found is that as soon as you recognize that you're feeling frustrated or stressed, you need to look at the cause of it. Take a good look at it and ask yourself if, if there's anything that you can actually do about it. If there is, deal with it. If you can't do anything about it, then you need to remove yourself from clinging to the cause of the frustration or the stress. 
once again, this is, isn't going to go back to learning to breathe and let go and do it in a superficial way. You have to be engaged. So you need to learn to breathe and to really let go. And when I say that, I really mean it. You need to let go. When things have really bothered me sometimes, I will force myself to take three deep and calm breaths and think to myself, with everything I've got, just breathe. Just let go. And really feel myself letting go of the attachment to the stress or the frustration. And I will do that for however many breaths it takes. This past year and a half, I've done this a lot. (laughs) Believe me. What training the martial arts and Zen teaches us is that we can't control anything outside of ourselves. And controlling what is within us is a heck of a job as well. But we have to start there. If we work at it with time, we'll find out that we are actually making positive inroads to being calmer and being more compassionate and being less stressed. I think the best advice I can give anyone is just that. To learn to let go of everything that you can't do anything about. And yes, it is tough We live in this world and cling to a whole lot, but we need to know what we can do something about and what we simply can't. Getting to a place where you are the calm center of a storm, it's going to take a lot of work. And it's something well worth the effort of learning to cultivate. Learning to cultivate stillness, learning to detach from our grasping nature, and like I said, learning to breathe and just let go. So there you go. I hope that helps. It's helped me a lot, especially during, you know, those dark days at the beginning of this pandemic. So try it out and let me know how it goes. And like I've said before, if you do need help, reach out. And I will help you out as much as I can. And with that, I think I will tie things up for another week. So like I said before, check out our podcast website. It is www.warriorsway.ca. And on there, by the way, I have a uh, book list of books you should get on and read. And if you click on the link on that page, by the way, it takes you to um, our Amazon Associates page. So the the Warriors Way podcast gets a little tiny piece (laughs) of your purchase of some of these really awesome books that I've read and that have made a huge difference in my training and in my life. So check those out. Um, I have a blog post there and a whole lot more. And you can check out the Warrior's Way online training program through the podcast website. So go there and you can find out about the different tiers of membership and you can get in touch with me and we can talk about how we can get you going on the Warrior's Way online training program. And I would love to have you there. There is so much there. 
<laughs> I was thinking about it the other day. Um, I'm, I did a lot of work on it. And uh, apart from, you know, basically a year's worth of uh, fusion martial arts classes, you get basically a class a week. And my thought with it is, is th- that class, you work on that for a week or two. And uh, if, you know, all you did was that w- class and do one of them a week, you know, you're going to get six months of work out of it. But I would like you to take that class and work on the material in there for, you know, a good week or two and then go on to the next one. And you're going to get a lot out of it. The other thing you can do is check out our our Patreon if you want to support what we do here or if you just want to see what our social media stuff is. And I am not a social media person by any degree, but I do put stuff on both our Instagram and our Facebook page. So check out the Warriors Way online or the Warriors Way podcast on Instagram and check us out on Facebook. And you can also find the Eek Academy of Martial Arts on on both as well. And as well, if you like the type of stuff that I talk about here, pick up a copy of one of my books. You can find those on Amazon as well. Uh, you can get it as an ebook or as a paperback. And I think that's about it. So until next time, folks, as always, train hard, have fun. That's important. But probably more important is be a good friend. And when I say that, I don't just mean to your friends. Be a good friend to yourself. Be a good friend to everything around you. Thanks a lot.